It's the 2022 version of the Freaky Awards. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Suave, we're all here. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook Live. How you doing? YouTube, and of course, the Freak Radio Network. And have we been doing the Freakies every year, guys? Or was there a year that we crapped the bed and said, screw it, we're just too dang tired? Oh, no, we've done them every year. We've changed them up a little bit year to year, but... We've always had a driver of the year. We've always had a race of the year. And we've mm-hmm. always had a freak of the year. Got it. Well, I'm sure that we go back through the uh, the annals of the archives. Annals? The annals. Annals. Sorry. Yeah. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> <laughs> Careful how you pronounce Hey-o. that. How's it going, Freak Nation? Just saying. <laughs> Coming at you Friday nights on 95.5. Uh, I'm sure we go through Statman's annals of... Uh, record keeping and find out really what we've had over the last uh, 22 years. Right. Stat. Without question. I mean, <laughs> some of this stuff has been, uh, the freak of freakies, you know, <laughs> we, get, we get out there sometimes. You know? All right. So let's do this. Let's start out with race of the year for 2022. And again, freak nation, you could chime in again. If you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook live, you see the chat there, bam, drop it, man. Uh, tell us what your race of the year is for the 2020 race of the year is for 2022 uh, motorsports season. Your freakies. All right, Suave, let's go with you, my friend. Race of the year is what? Did my research on this one, like I said. Went back, watched a bunch of highlights of a bunch of different races. And in Crash, you're going to be a little bit surprised, I think, by my pick. I'm going to IndyCar. Going to IndyCar. And the reason why, and I've said this before on the show, I think IndyCar puts on the best racing product among the major motorsports here in the United States. And unfortunately, the problem with that goes way beyond racing and goes off the track into marketing, which is going to be one of the big storylines of 2023, obviously. So my pick is going to be the big machine Jeep Music City GP from Nashville earlier this year, won by Scott Dixon. I know we talked about on the show when, Kenny, you were there in Nashville, and me and Statman disagreed on that race. I loved it. It was exciting. It was mad. It was madness watching those drivers trying to deal with that track. Even though there was a lot of cautions, I enjoyed the loving crap out of that race. Scott Dixon didn't even make round two of qualifying. He started 14th in that race, came back and won the race. He's one of the greatest of all time for a reason. So my race of the year is the 2022 Big Machine Music City Grand Prix in IndyCar. Look at that. I do remember that text thread and actually during the show where you and Statman were going at it where Statman, you're using expletives that we cannot repeat on a Sunday night. And then (laughs) Richie was embracing like a big old bear hug. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't understand. There's no way that that could be the best. That was a mistake. I mean, even IndyCar says we got to do better. I feel like this is, you remember when um, Kanye West went on stage at the uh, uh, Music Video Awards when Taylor Swift won? I was like, hang on, hang on. Beyonce should have won. That's what Statman's doing right now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, Statman, who's your Beyonce? (laughs) Go. What's your race of the year, Statman? There's only one race of the year because it changed the paradigm for racing. That's NASCAR's uh, Bush Light Clash at the, Los Angeles Coliseum, Ice Cube, Pit Bull as entertainment. I mean, who would have thought a year ago that you'd have Pit Bull and Ice Cube entertaining, singing, vibing, and dancing, which might have been the line (laughs) of the year, uh, vibing and dancing at a NASCAR race crying out loud at a temporary track. They made all their TV 
uh, deadlines. There's no other race. That's, that is the race of the year, the NASCAR Bush Light Clash at the L.A. Coliseum. Now you've been vibing all year off of that moment. Yeah. No, that, that's, that changed the paradigm of racing. What NASCAR could do, what anybody could do, the rest mm -hmm. of Motor racing in the United for crying out loud, Formula One is gonna come up with a 10-hour concert in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, I doubt if Pitbull or Ice Cube will be there, but you know, it'll be a bunch of Euros that nobody's heard of. <laughs> Let me put it on an exclamation on what Statman's race of the year was, the Bushlight Clash at the LA Coliseum. It wasn't at the Rose Bowl, it was at the Coliseum in the heart. In the heart, not of USC, but the heart of if if you've ever been to that area, Statman, the the African American uh, ratio in that area is overwhelming, and here comes this overly white perceived sport and planting their ass right there in the Coliseum. Um, it's like, what just happened? Yeah, well, it's a lot of uh, probably more. Uh, Latino now, but yes, you're right. When you think of South Central Los Angeles, you don't think of a NASCAR race. And <laughs> that's what happened uh, in South Central Los Angeles last uh, February, January, Jan February, February, February. And uh, yeah, no, that that's changed the paradigm of motor racing in America. Crasher, race of the year. I thought I was going to go far back in the year, but as it turns out, Statman certainly beat me to it going back to February. I'm going back to May and the Supercross finale in Utah, Rice Eccles Stadium. What are you? Yes, you were going to say that? You yes. were going to say that too? Yes. yes. I mean, okay, well, quickly think of something else because how can you beat both the 250 well, we and the there. 450s? We saw it. We right, right, right. Both 250s and 450s had ultimately been decided. However, second place, third place, fourth place in, in either class had not been. So, yeah, you've got basically Jason Anderson and Christian Craig, or excuse me, Hunter Lawrence and Christian Craig going at it for the title in 250s. But nope, who wins the race? Kenny's favorite, Nate Thrasher. Place goes nuts. Then 450s come up. And it's like, okay, Eli Tomac is sitting out. But then it's Jason Anderson and Chase Sexton mm -hmm. and Justin Barsha. But then Justin Barsha basically offs Malcolm Stewart. The whole place erupts. People are pissed off because this is Malcolm's kingdom. How dare you do anything to him? Fortunately, Malcolm gets back on the bike and salvages third place in the championship, even though Barsha got third place on the podium that night. But the entire place was booing Barsha. It was just, it was a complete uproar with fireworks all over the place. I was in heaven. My mouth was to the floor the mm -hmm. entire night. And I'm like, that is an amazing race. I can't wait to come back for this race again next year. How do I top that? You don't. I don't. <laughs> but I agree. That's what, That was my race of the year, too. Wow. I can't believe what. Yeah, what? Are we, we married no, or no, something? No, because we were there. Yeah. We saw it live. And Statman, it blew me away. We're in Utah, Rice Eccles Stadium, Mormon country. And the crowd went crazy for a black rider. It was cool. It just, you know, I mean, it's, you go to South Central, you don't expect everybody to cheer for Joey Logano either. Right. <laughs> it was, it was fun to watch and crash your eye. I, nice job. Nice job. You said everything. Well, probably a hell of a lot better than I would have. I've been stumbled over myself. Well, what's to... another? We need a fourth one for a poll. No, we don't. No, it's just, we, we could listen. We go with that. We'll go with that one because I, I can't pull it out of my butt. That 
quick and get my research going on. Holy smokes. Yeah, but come on, you got to admit, there's, I mean, the Brickyard weekend at Indianapolis was pretty gnarly too. And that was entertaining. Again, that would be the same argument of Richie and Statman together. Was it entertainment or was it a debacle? And, but if, if it's entertaining to some, then it, hey, it's good. It, it punches tickets. Crasher, why don't you kick it off with story of the year for you in 2022 in motorsports? And when we say motorsports, it doesn't have to be specific. It just has to be connected to motorsports in some form or fashion. Well, this is definitely, absolutely for sure, motorsports. If we're talking story of the year, right. I feel like we were constantly straddling the story of where the heck Kyle Busch was going to land for 2023. So I'm calling the the lack of a seat for Kyle Busch as the story of the year for 2022 because it eventually included the Tyler Reddick transfer from mm -hmm. RCR to 2311. And then all of a sudden, Kyle's brother, Kurt, out with a concussion, vacates that seat early for 2311. Things just were sliding all around in order to make... Kyle's eventual seat at RCR known, but it took months for that to happen. So yeah, the unknown for Kyle Bush and him basically eating a whole lot of humble pie and needing to basically fess up and only sign a million dollar contract when he's so used to so much more. That was the story of 2022. So I'm saying Kyle Bush story of the year. Where would he land for 2023? Step man, I'll ask you this about Kyle Bush. And again, if you can kind of, uh, Pump the brakes on your love for Kyle Busch. But wasn't there a noticeable change in his personality somewhere maybe early in maybe midseason where he realized he's not going to get the cake that he uh, thought he was? I think without question there was. And he started to humble himself a little bit because he, he realized that people weren't standing in line to throw money at him. And uh, a lot of that was because he played that villain role a little too tight. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be a villain. It's okay mm -hmm. to be a villain, but not a jerk, jerk, jerk villain. Jerk, <laughs> jerk, jerk yeah. villain. You got to have a little soft side to your villainism. Exactly. <laughs> a crispy on that villain side. Statman, your story of the year. I don't. I I couldn't dial it back any, but I'm going with new drivers uh, at all the new drivers. There was 19 winners in the NASCAR side there of the three of the four final four were uh, guys under 30. Uh, there were Austin Sendrick, Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain. All of these names were new. And, and, and in fact, in, in drag racing, there were new names in formula one, new guys were stepping up. I mean, Kevin Magnuson, for crying out loud, won a pole at a race this year. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, the new drivers that are stepping up in all forms of motorsport and the old clowns are uh, falling by the wayside. <laughs> the old clowns. Yeah, there was there were times where your scats would focus on uh, the new drivers, the new winners in all the motorsports. And a, a number of times when you would talk to or you'd ask that question of drivers on the show about, listen, all this new blood coming in here, not just new blood. This new blood is winning. So it's not a surprise to see you go with uh, your story of the year with the new blood and new race winners. Yeah, and I think they were more important than the uh, new car. That was, uh, mm -hmm. uh, the I, you know, I, I think they were more important than the new car. Richie, your story of the year, bud. I'm sick of NASCAR. It's the biggest motorsport 
in the United States. I was talking to someone earlier this week and who, who knows I, I, I work in, in motorsports and, and they were asking me is they were like, Hey, is IndyCar still a thing? Mm. Could you not? That was a real thing that somebody said to me this week. And I said, yes, it's, it's still a thing. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that was one of the, something that we talk a lot about off air is, is the future of IndyCar and, and why isn't as popular as it is. But my story of the year is in NASCAR. And it's the thing that we talked about. I believe the most often on the show this year on a weekly basis. And that is the safety issues with this new next gen cup series race car. I feel like we talked about it every week on the show. If not every week, every other week, um, multiple drivers, Missing races, right? Kurt Busch missing races. Tyler Reddick had an issue later on in the season. He did not miss a race, but he had some issues. And then, of course, Alex Bowman missing multiple races with concussion issues. And NASCAR has admitted that they need to make some changes. They need to be have more discussions with the drivers. And they need to, and they admitted that they were going to go in the offseason and really start to work on the rear of the car, which was seemingly what they say was causing most of the issues this season. Oh, and there were plenty of issues with fires popping up out of nowhere. Kevin Harvick, very outspoken about it. Multiple other drivers, very outspoken about it. So it's the safety issues with the next-gen car for me. Yeah, that you and Crash, you you guys were on the, the that, that bandwagon early on in regards to the drivers and the injuries with the car step well, Kurt's hit was yeah. Kurt Bush's hit was not big. And all of a sudden he just kept sitting out and he wasn't cleared and he wasn't cleared. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, so what's going on. And then you started to hear rumblings in the media centers. And yeah, it's just, it escalated very quickly. My story of the year came to fruition, unfortunately at the end of the NASCAR season, that's Ty Gibbs where we came into the last race weekend of the season with Phoenix the hate for Ty Gibbs going into that last Xfinity Series race and how he got there was palpable. He goes out, wins the championship, was humbled, yet finds out either that that night or the early the next morning that his dad, Coy Gibbs, that was omnipresent uh, within the garages of NASCAR, had passed away. The dynamics of going from despise to maybe the kids figured it out to the death of his father. You can't write that stuff. So Ty Gibbs is the story for me. And it and, and frankly, it, it started to, to develop early on with Ty Gibbs and uh, the outpouring of love for his dad and friendship. I didn't realize Crasher was so, uh, so thick. Well, because Coy Gibbs was a man who let his work do the speaking for him. He he was not an outspoken person himself. Mm-hmm. He was just a very talented person who just let the work go on and and be his be his resume. And people respected him for that. And it crossed lines of Supercross, uh, sometimes off road, of obviously stock cars. He was just well respected throughout many facets of the industry. What do you guys think? That, there's so many stories that have come um, come to the surface for 2023, but that whole Ty Gibbs, Joe Gibbs story, that's just going to be right there, front and center, day one, right? It's still raw. It's still fresh. Yep. Man, you just think, uh, again, what Joe Gibbs means to the series and then 
Losing both of your sons. God, we've we uh, stat you and I talked about that at the after that Phoenix race. It just you just it's unfathomable that something like this could happen or would happen right in front of us. Yeah, it is strange, uh, but I think Ty Gibbs has a little to learn. He's talking about new names that are coming up. He's very young, and I think he learned a lot of that and some of the humility that's required to be a champion. Um, I think maybe he got a dose of that this year. So now we're going to go to driver of the year. Statman, for 2022, your driver of the year is who or what? I always take the the road less traveled in the Freak Nation. But Tanner Faust went into the Extreme E-Series, finished fifth, right next to uh, Sebastian Loeb, nine-time World Rally champion, and uh, ended up the last event on the podium, even though he started the event on his roof. (laughs) What? Okay, then. Now, hold on a second. Say that. What happened with him landing on his roof? So the, the car rolled and he was on his roof at the beginning of the event, the extreme E event in right. Uruguay. And uh, they righted the car and he ended up on the podium. How about that? And, and for the bottom line of the whole thing, he's become a pilot. And now he's using his uh, airplane skills to he rescued somebody last week from this big storm in Big Bear. Okay, then. Jeez, Tanner Faust going all Jack Roush's. I Jiminy, okay. There it is. Tanner Faust can do anything. That's just the bottom Tanner line. Tanner Faust for driver of the year for Statman. I'm going to go driver of the year, given uh, given the story that Ron Caps told us. I'm going to go Ron Caps at the end of the NHRA season, where all that dude needed to do was just light up that engine, give the throttle a quick hit, and then he would be the 2022 NHRA Funny Car Champion. But nope, what did he decide to do? He wanted to run the full 1,000 feet and, <laughs> and almost threw it away by climbing the wall. But Ron Caps gave the crowd a show and said, "F this! I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is what the people paid their hard-earned money to see: is two funny cars light up and go 22,000 horsepower down uh, the Pomona drag strip and give them a freaking show." And Ron Caps having having to uh, think of the run not just as a driver but as a team owner. Mm-hmm. And what it would mean to possible sponsorship if he walled that thing away and didn't claim the 2022 NHRA Funny Car Championship. And, and again, we just we can't understand what it's like to drive a funny car, top fuel car. And he's having to process all of this with his runs. So or my driver of the year goes to now two-time NHRA Funny Car Champion. And first-time NHRA Funny Car Champion as a team owner, Ron Caps. And again, that story he told, guys, remember that? That whole story he told about in five minutes where it took him under four seconds to run. Yeah. As a team owner. Yep. As a driver. And now they might make an NHRA rule change because of him in that moment moving forward. Yep. That deserves it. Yep. So Ron Caps for me. Uh, who do we go to next? Suave? How about you there, bro? My driver of the year set records galore this year. He is oh, not my. Let's guess it. Let's guess it. No, no, no. 
let him go. Oh, darn it. Okay. He is not my favorite driver by any stretch of the imagination, nor a lot of people's favorite driver by any stretch of the imagination, but he did set records. This driver won 68% of his races this year, which is fifth all time in this particular series. Fifteen races this year. We're all his second consecutive Formula One World Championship. (laughs) My driver of the year, and I hate to say this is Max Verstappen, and it's not even close for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was hard for Richie to say because you're not a Max fan, but you're doing Based purely on stats mm-hmm. and domination. Well, All right, I got you. Said it two thousand miles away, so that's. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right, I'm going to go. I'm going to stay in the same genre. I was going to go Ross Chastain, but I have a feeling the Freak Nation is going to go all Ross Chastain on us because how can you not with one of the most incredible finishing laps in the history of all of motorsports over 100 plus years? But let's let the Freak Nation have their Rosh Chastain moment. I'm going to go with open wheel as well and a man setting records, tying Mario Andretti for the amount of poles Mm. and just pulling out a championship in a very competitive market. Will freaking power and then coming on the Freak Nation and basically sitting in his hotel room with a bear rug and talking to us about how difficult the championship was. Arguably his most difficult season yet. Yet he's a champion. So, yes, Will Power, one of my all-time favorite personalities, driver of the year. No, there's a lot there that I agree with and which I didn't even consider because what he has to face as a driver with Team Penske and then the pressure of Mario this, Mario (laughs) that, and then he's got to come in the Freak Nation with a bear rug crasher. Mm, Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Put an image up of him in that mm, bear rug. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a freak fave. And again, to handle a freaking open wheel car like he can, and uh, it's just it, he it, makes it look easy. Yeah. Huh. Wow. And I has has anyone ever monitored him, or have you heard of anybody that's ever monitored him throughout the race crash, or to just to if he is a high strung dude in the Do car? Do you remember the double birds? Yeah, but I Do mean, you it, remember the. No, inside the car, if he's MFing. He has a mouth. He has a mouth. Let's put it that way. All right. So Will Power for Crashers Driver of the Year. My goodness, Freak Nation. We actually have time. Not a whole lot of time. We've got some time to spend on Freak of the Year. Let's do it. All right. I'll kick it off. And Crasher nailed it. Martinsville, one of the most boring races in the history of mankind. And it's a do or die race for a number of drivers. And this little engine that could, who wasn't expected to be in the in the chase to begin with, the playoffs to begin with, uh, Ross Chastain, he's in it. And the tweets, the social media, the texts from Richie, the 10 million plus YouTube hits that NASCAR got organically because of the move that he pulled. Yeah. The mother effort. Did you just see that text? Uh, for me, it's Ross Chastain as your freak of the year. I, I'm sorry. Uh, it, that's the, that's the low hanging fruit. 
but that's a big piece of fruit. That is a freaking watermelon. Uh, oh, no, hey! pun intended. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> For me to pick, babe, it is uh, Ross Chastain. Absolutely. For my freak of the year. He had freak moments throughout the year, though, too. Yeah, he did. But that's where he really capitalized on his freakdom. Yeah. So there's my freak of the year. Statman, your freak of the year would be who or what? Travis Pastrana. He what? got into the Jim Connor video business with Ken Block. Yeah. Did a video just released, I think it was last week, had six million views in the first two days, almost outpolled uh, Ken Block's latest Audi. Electricana, whatever they called it, uh, <laughs> video. Uh, yeah, Travis Pastrana, pure, unadulterated. The more people I talk to mm -hmm. about him, they say he is freak. <laughs> nope, that's a very good point. He lost Red Bull, didn't he, at the beginning of this season, or am I already two years into that? No, so, yeah. Black, yeah, he lost Red Bull. Now it's Black Rifle Coffee. Company. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, basically being able to pick up where things left off from Red Bull and, and turn it into something new and arguably better. Good for it. Yeah, he is a freak. Oh, yeah, over the video has a scene where he leaps over a helicopter. Yeah. No problem. You know, Travis Pastrana is one of those guys, not just a motorsports guy, but one of those guys where you could say, uh, let me see, jumped out. Have you jumped out of an airplane without a parachute? Check. Jumped uh, the motorcycle over a helicopter up. Check. You could go on, jumped the ocean in a Subaru, check. <laughs> just Double backflip, first time ever at the X Games, check. You could just yeah. go on and on. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. Travis Pastrana, maybe he's the, we've already, the freak of the decades, right? With freak of the century. Let's just put it right there. Bang, I like that. Yeah. Uh, Suave, your freak of the year? I am going to go with one of my favorite interviews on this show. We've done all year long. Go check it out on YouTube. One of the best stories of the year as well. And that's Jordan Anderson, the Ooh. owner slash driver of Jordan Anderson Racing, Lucas Oil sponsored driver. He was involved in one of the scariest crashes I've ever seen at Talladega back in October. There was a mechanical issue with the race car and it burst into flames and it was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. The race car comes down the track at Talladega. It's headed towards the infield wall, and Jordan has a presence of mind while he's – it's so hot in the race car that it is burning him, okay? He jumps out of the race car while it's still moving, while it's still moving, and survives that crash. And less than a month later, he's talking to Kenny and Crash – at Phoenix Raceway and looking perfectly healthy, like nothing had happened to him. Incredible. The safety of those cars, that he was able to survive that, the safety in terms of the, what he was wearing to, to keep him from getting any worse injuries, incredible. Jordan Anderson, my freak of the year. Very good. Yep, those burns were gnarly. And I don't know what the doctors did or what ointments they gave him, but whatever they did, it worked. And he didn't look like he was burned one month later. That was miraculous. And you hear it from the Bomberito family, uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway, Lucas Oil, anybody that works with this guy, his spirit is contagious. Such a friendly, outgoing cat that 
you damn near lost your life. It's like, I got this. Look at this. See this scar up here? Couldn't touch it two weeks ago. Now look at it. It looks like a little sunburn. Jordan Anderson, certainly a freak of the year. That's true, Richie. And we talked to him about that, where he is hopping out of oh, hopping, trying to get out of the car, out of the truck, as it's still moving, headed towards a wall that he couldn't see. Jordan Anderson, freak of the year. Crasher, your freak of the year would be who or what? Mm. Yep. I'm going to go with recency bias, mm -hmm. and I'm going to need some help. No one had a better spirit than Greg Cazzo. He worked with Lucas Oil for 15-plus years, and his 50th birthday was Saturday. And what was he doing on his 50th birthday? He was wearing a Santa hat like I have on right now and passing out Christmas gifts to kids in hospitals. And we had just been with him at PRI all weekend. And all he was doing was making people laugh and posing Axel the Elf everywhere. And that was him. You've seen him do driver intros. You've seen him with so much spirit and so much enthusiasm and so much compassion and energy for people and people's happiness, especially children in need. And he was just one of the most lovable people that we ever knew. Like I said, celebrated his 50th birthday this past Saturday and died on Monday suddenly and really took the spirit out of all of us in motorsports. Anybody that met him at the racetrack knew how much he meant and his passion for the sport and his love for everybody involved in it. And so, Greg Cazzo, you know that this is a term of endearment, babe. You are the biggest freak I've ever met, and I love you for that. Your freakdom, your smiles that you say you wanted to pass along smiles like raindrops. It's now our duty to do that. We will pass along smiles like raindrops at every racetrack from now on in your honor because you are the king of freak. And I'm so glad that I got to know you. We will always love you. Greg Cazzo, Freak of the Year.